Hello and welcome to Between the Mountains, where we talk about your adventure travels from backpacking to expeditions. I'm your host Chris and today we welcome Jake and Emily from TwoRoamingSouls.com and I'll put the link down below because they have some fantastic blog entries for our episode of Home is Where You Park It. Uh, they saved up big time and gave up to do the lifestyle full time and we talk about living in the van full time, we talk about hiking Sedona and we talk about hammocks too so I hope you enjoy it and if you do hit the follow button, hit the subscribe button and tell a friend if you'd like to spread the love but otherwise let's just get straight into it so hello jake and emily from two roaming souls welcome to the podcast how are you doing today we're doing great <laughs> thank you for having us well it's my pleasure um so today we are doing another episode of home is where you park it uh, and you guys have got quite a nice setup um for those listening you can't see but i can i can i've had a tour of the van on skype and it looks awesome so i'm keen to get into that but i suppose really the opening question is uh, why did you go to van life the thing we loved about van life is that we we didn't have a ton of money um but we always loved going on like camping trips and those were our basically our highlights of life and so we realized that with a small budget, if we did something like van life, we could afford to like travel and take all the trips that we finally um, could afford if we didn't have like a regular rent payment. Um, so we kind of went all in and we, we put in all of our money for like two years worth of savings and, uh, you know, took to the internet and just learned as much stuff as possible so that we could buy a van, convert it ourselves and then live in it full time and then uh, save money that way. Yeah. And we always had like seasonal jobs. We were like working in Vail, Colorado. And so we'd have like the winter season and the summer season. But like in between the two, we always had like two months off of work. So we always got like a glimpse of like what long road trips were like and like kind of lived out of Jake's Subaru <laughs> and we tent camped like pretty much everywhere, but we would go to like Zion and like, like a week and like kind of just travel to different national parks and it really like fueled the fire to <laughs> maybe start van life one day. <laughs> That's so cool, honestly. And um, let's get into the van. So what van have you got? And how long have you had it for? Um, so we bought it uh, over a year ago now. It was probably like a year and a half. It's an E350, and it has like a fiberglass height. Um, so naturally, that kind of van wouldn't be tall enough to stand up in. But since it has this aftermarket uh, fiberglass roof, it is tall enough for both of us to stand. So that was one of our huge priorities. If we were going to be living in it full time, we knew we wanted like standing rooms so we could you know, have a regular kitchen and stand up and get dressed and cook and, you know, do all the normal things of life. That was our priority. Yeah, an airport. Uh, so we knew it was probably taken pretty good care of because there was always passengers in the car. So it wasn't just like a company car that somebody was just like driving around like recklessly or anything. Yeah, you're right there. Uh, I used to work in the motor trade and when a company car came in it was dreadful you're not meant to smoke but they'd all come smelling of smoke um <laughs> you, you'd have to def you know, like fumigate the whole car yeah so um so yeah nice nice that you know it's been looked after for sure and modification wise i'm you, you've given me the tour you've got some fantastic modifications but where did you start with them and what are the highlights 
we went to my parents' house in Wisconsin. Um, so we didn't like have any jobs at the time. We pretty much saved up so we could work on this full time and like try to get it up and running as quickly as possible. And we had already had like jobs lined up in like Vail, Colorado to go back to. So we were kind of like on a time crunch. Um, but yeah, when deciding how much like money to put into the van, we just we knew we wanted to do it for longer than like a year. And I mean, it's still open ended for how long we truly um, but probably closer to like two, three years or so. Um, so we knew we like wanted to actually put in like a lot of work and make it feel as homely as possible um, to have like a sink, a fridge um, and like enough storage for everything. <coughs> Yeah, so from a numbers perspective, uh, in U.S. dollars, of course, uh, the van was like $6,200 or $6,200 when we bought it um, from somebody on Facebook Marketplace. <laughs> uh, they, they didn't know the gem they had because it wasn't in like great shape on the inside, but we didn't care because we were tearing everything out anyway. Yeah. Um, and we think they didn't really value the fact that it had a high top, which sort of added a lot of value to us. Because if you want to add something like, like that to a van, it can cost like $3,000, $4,000. So yeah. that was a huge, uh, huge benefit for us. And then in additional modifications, we put in like another um, $8, like $8,000 in, in, you know, the whole conversion and everything. Um, and then there were some maintenance costs. So we're like right around $18,000 now into the van, um, which is, it's a huge investment. It's probably the most we've spent on anything in our lives sure. by far. <laughs> but we looked at it like if we live in this thing and we're not paying rent, then that amount of money we would have paid towards a rent payment, which gets you nothing, you know, and, you know, you don't, you're not like, um, getting a house at the end of it <laughs> yeah you're not yeah. paying mortgage so we were like well you know we're kind of breaking even if we live in the van for this amount of time um so the, some of the highlights are uh the running water and we've got um like a sink with an electric pump and uh, a water filter so it's nice we like fill up water from wherever we can find it really and we don't have to like worry about like crappy taste or if it's like not quite like good for drinking um another highlight is the we have full off-grid solar power kind of the biggest project um that that i took on when we were building it um so we've got 320 watts of solar power and 200 amp hours of lithium batteries which is like it's we're well powered which is great because we don't we're never like being too stingy about it um so we've got you know all the comforts of a regular home we're charging our computers and phones and running fans and lights and watching tv and you know all the normal <laughs> stuff which is cool because it it makes this feel like a tiny apartment on wheels mm -hmm. rather than kind of like camping all the time and and probably my favorite part is we have a fridge that has a freezer as well because <laughs> usually in van conversions you either have like one or it can sometimes like be just a freezer but i really love ice cold water so we always have ice cubes and then the second essential is ice cream <laughs> we always have ice cream <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was something we have in common we agree that ice cream is one of the best things in life so that was something we didn't want to give up in van life <laughs> for sure that's not is one of you an engineer or something outside of this because that's some that's some pretty cool modifications to the van um 
<laughs> not really. I studied computer science in college and I did some like robotics. So I have like a little bit of sort of like hardware tinkering kind of mindset. Which helped with yeah. the electrical a ton. <laughs> yeah. But then like everything else was just taking to, to the internet and, and reading blogs, um, watching YouTube videos, just trying to learn every possible thing we could so we could do it ourselves, which, you know, saves you a ton of money if you convert the van yourself. <laughs> Um, sure. And now that's kind of what we what we've made our passion. We we had started our blog tworoamingsouls.com before um, before doing van life, and you know we wrote about like hiking and camping and stuff. And now we're sort of um, talking about van life stuff on there, so we can try to pass on any knowledge or things that we've learned for other people who are trying to to make the transition to van life. Oh, that's cool. That's pretty awesome. So as as far as modifications go, you've got some pretty cool ones. Uh, but more focusing on your interests now, I guess your interests aren't ice cream marathons. So what do you, <laughs> other than with a movie maybe, aside from that, what takes up your spare time? Um, I mean, pretty much our favorite thing to do is go on like awesome hikes. Um, I mean, that was pretty much what we did before van life. Um, but now being able to like, bring our home along with us we try to go on as many hikes as we can um what are other um i really like photography um and emily does too but i probably do like more of the photography work for our blog so that's sort of wrapped up in hiking and backpacking and just being in the outdoors um i just like it's just always awe-inspiring and we were mostly hanging around the western u.s um just because we love mountains and uh for the most part because we we met living in in a mountain like ski resort town and that's kind of what um like grew our love for for that kind of hiking um but we've also like grown to love desert areas too in like utah and arizona um there's just some amazing like canyon hiking there which is like one of our favorite things as well um our favorite leisure activity is hammocking I don't know if you're familiar with that. Um, is it just extreme, just like, extreme setting up hammocks? <laughs> extreme hammocking. Yeah, exactly. We actually just like eye bolts to the outside of our van. So if we're at a campsite and there's only like one tree, then we can have our hammock set up from the tree to the back of the van. And we can, we can still do it, which happens occasionally like in the desert. There's, there's like one know, lonely tree out there. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, we, we love like cooking. So we cook a lot of our own v meals in, in the van. And then when we're traveling, we, we don't go out to eat all the time, but we, we like to make a point of finding some like local spots or if there's like a local type of cuisine that's really popular, we'll, we'll try to explore those, those opportunities. Um, that's mostly it. We, uh, um, well, skiing was another huge hobby, but that was, um, a hard decision we made when we moved into van life was that we weren't going to try to like do much winter van life. Parking is always really difficult in resort towns and space is so limited. So we don't have, you know, carrying around all of our like snow ski and snowboard gear, um, just take up so much room. And not to mention that it's just cold all the time. Then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Emily <laughs> likes to be warm. Yeah. That's, so that's pretty much for me designed van life around going to like warmer places 
Yeah, I mean, that, that, that was going to be one of my points. Uh, in May's release of Home is Where You Park It, Lynn did say that she she's a ski instructor and she sleeps with just loads of blankets on. Um, and uh, she, has, she has a dog in the car with her just like to help keep warm. But she says when the temperatures just plummet so much, she'll often call on a friend and be like, can I, can I come stay in, indoors, please? So, yeah. So, it, yeah. yeah, it's not to say that it's not possible, but, you know, van life, you kind of have to make compromises. Um, so that was sort of one of the compromises we made. And we were living out in Vail for like five years. So we got five years of skiing as much as we wanted to. So, yeah, <laughs> we were able to take a break on that a little bit. <laughs> yeah, we were. Was it Colorado you mentioned that you did you did you meet in Colorado then? Because you mentioned jobs in Colorado. Mm hmm. Yeah. Jake's originally from the East Coast, and I'm from the Midwest. Um, but then we both went to Colorado after college, and then we actually worked at the same restaurant, and that's how we met. <laughs> <laughs> Romantic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so going into funding then, and this is obviously, like we said before, this is a topic where you can go into as much detail as you like. You can just give a one-word answer or, or, or go for it. But as far as actually funding this sort of lifestyle, how did you go about doing that? Um. So when we were in Colorado, we, um, when we decided to kind of do van life, we tried to pick up like two jobs so that we could like save up as much money. So like 60 hours a week. Um, and we were able to save up to then travel back to my parents' house to build out the van for a couple. And then we pretty much like ran through the, all the money that we saved up <laughs> over that six month span. Um, so we actually traveled back out to Vail, Colorado and worked at, um, like the coffee shop, Yeti's Grind. Um, and so we saved up money over three months. And so calculating, you know, how much we would spend per month, um, we just kind of were able to actually travel for, I think like three months before we were like, maybe we should start getting jobs again. Um, and yeah, so we traveled from like Colorado to California and like went down Highway 1 and then kind of like went back around to Arizona. So we knew it was like warm enough to pick up jobs <laughs> and yeah. tourists would probably be there. Yeah. And so kind of our like our plan or we, we've always done like uh, hospitality, restaurant, like service industry jobs. Um which are nice because they're always like heavily abundant and they can be like seasonal too so for sure yeah from a van life perspective i think that's like a very viable strategy and i know a lot of people do it is they just work seasonal jobs and then they kind of travel in between and they might like do something in the summer and do something in winter like i think you mentioned some of your your earlier guests sort of have that arrangement yeah. and that's pretty similar to like what we're trying to do um because we know it's it's pretty it's pretty reliable and you make good money easily. Like there's not too much of like a startup time. Um, but then our dream is to get our, our blog, um, like a full-time income for both of us. Um, and we're, we're on the path to that goal. It's, <laughs> it's starting to make like little, little bits of money through like advertising and affiliate, uh, marketing sales. Um, but yeah, blogging is not a get rich quick. <laughs> no, <laughs> we no, it takes time. Out. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, so, it's it's not, honestly if there's a, a silver lining to like uh the coronavirus lockdown it's that we've had to spend so much time just like indoors and we just worked on the blog like yeah almost seven days a week like we even on the weekends we'll put in a little time 
so that's nice it's kind of it's forced us to to really put our heads down and try to like make that dream uh a lot closer than it was before um but you know until that becomes a, a full-time income we'll just keep um traveling and picking places we like and doing sort of seasonal short-term work that's awesome that's a really ideal way to just dip in and out of work and then travel too i think i actually quite like working if you've got a good team i quite like turning up and having that schedule and that routine and earning the money so for me that would be ideal (laughs) and the hammocks can we just revisit that that's incredible because there's just something about hammocks that just like that that weightlessness is just unique isn't it yeah there's a there's like a movement of people now who are like switching to sleeping in hammocks i've i've gotten into reading about it a little bit because i just find it interesting because like in the backpacking community there's a bit of a movement for people that are transitioning from tents to hammock camping so they just have like a rain tarp set up over them and then they sleep in a hammock and some people absolutely swear by it because they're like, you're off the ground. You're not on, like, even the best camping sleep pad is still not really that comfortable. No. But when, <laughs> when you're in a hammock, you can, like, have that sort of weightlessness feeling. And, you know, they're gently rocking you to sleep. Um, we mostly use them just during the day for, like, leisure. So, yeah, we'll, like, set up at a nice campsite and, like, read a book or... Um, just relax, take a nap. It, it's a good uh, contrast to like the pretty hard hikes that we do. So if we have a, a day our day we go out for, then you know the next day you're like, I kind of just want to lay around and, and relax. So we find that the two complement each other very well. Yeah, for sure. And you're the first people to admit to, um, to having a hook on the back that you can set up to. I think that's such a cool mod to add to the van. Yeah, and it's Although, funny. Should have done it sooner it was it took me like a day and didn't cost much money i just didn't never put it together for sure um and and in regards to hammocks as well i just um uh recently at time of recording i've recently interviewed uh, a woman called lucy shepherd who's in, uh, does expeditions and she she goes out to the jungle sometimes and she said that as far as insects go so this could be this could apply anywhere it's just definitely a tip if you ever go hammocking in the jungle um is if you put vaseline on the rope by the tree then things uh, <laughs> on the tree won't crawl onto the hammock and then onto you. So they're just stuck in the Vaseline. So mm-hmm. should you ever sleep outside, there's a little tip for you. Because in the UK, you don't have to worry about it too much. <laughs> but in America, you've got a bit more. You know, part of the, like, historically why, like, some cultures have in, the, like, tropical countries have slept in hammocks because it gets you up off the ground and, mm-hmm. like, away from more of, like, bugs and insects. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So let's move into some highlights then. I think before we recorded, we spoke about Sedona, didn't we? Um, I mean, we can't say it's a national, well, it seems like a national park, but you can like actually live in it. Um, It's one of like the most beautiful places that you can go. You just like drive into town and like, there's just like panoramic views of stunning like red canyon walls. Um, And I mean, one of the things that we absolutely loved about living there um, was just, like, the abundance of, like, stunning hikes that you could go on. Um, I mean, there's, you, if you've, like, scrolled Instagram, I'm sure you've probably seen, like, multiple pictures from Sedona. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's, Sedona's, like, one of the places that we, um, decided to 
slow down and pick up some jobs so that we could save up more money to travel again for the next few months. Um, so I picked up a job as a barista and Jake picked up a job as a server. Um, and we just kind of, yeah, lived in the van. It was actually like a really easy place, um, to live out of your van because on BLM land, you only are restricted to living 14 days, um, on BLM land in like one spot, but there's just like so many different like areas that you can actually camp. So we were able to like split up our time and go to different campsites so that it was technically legal yeah yeah Yeah, so just to explain that to anyone who might not know uh, blm stands for bureau of land management and in the united states that's just um they manage all the public land so and some of it is designated for people to the public to use for dispersed camping which is basically like it's land you can go out there and camp but there's no facilities of any kind so you're kind of on your own and there's a set of rules that that govern the whole thing but it's on. It's like in the Western U.S. It's 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 every there's BLM land everywhere, and that is one thing that makes van lifing here very easy, because you're not we don't have to like pay for campgrounds all the time when we're traveling, um, so we save a lot of money that way, um, and a lot of it is ridiculously beautiful places to be. So it, it's a it's a win win for us. <laughs> um, but yeah, Sedona was it's just amazing. We you only needed like an afternoon off of work to go on amazing hike because there's so many within, you know, 10 to half an hour from, from town. Um, and there's some really cool, one of our favorite type of hiking is called slot canyons. And it's basically like a Canyon where the rock has been, um, eroded away by wind and water over, I don't know, thousands, maybe millions of years. (laughs) And uh, they just narrow down into these little slots where sometimes it's only like an arm's width wide. And so you can be in this giant canyon where, you know, you're, it's like a nature's mini hallway. They're just crazy. <laughs> so, so you're in there and sometimes there's like water flowing through. So you're like hiking through the water where you have these giant, beautiful canyon walls all around you. It's like teeming with life as far as the desert is concerned because there's actually water there. Um, so it's just like they're just the most magnificent hikes, I, I think. There's really nothing that compares to it. Um, so we do a lot of that in the southwestern U.S., in like Arizona and Utah. Um, and that was like one thing about Sedona. There was a good amount of hikes that were like that that were just stunning and, you know, also accessible. And the yeah. weather wasn't bad either. It was like probably in like the 60s and 70s, like during the winter time. So can't complain with that <laughs> yeah pretty cold nights got get down to like close to freezing sometimes but our van is like decently insulated so we don't have like a heat or anything and we were fine and yeah. uh but again like so- sedona is so touristy um that it's like a perfect sort of place to pick up seasonal jobs because they're just they just always need employees to you know serve in the restaurants and the hotels and and everything like that yeah tourists are there all year round <laughs> yeah um we did if anyone's like more interested uh our our blog to roaming souls.com i did write a post that's kind of like a review on what it's like being a van lifer living in sedona um one of those posts where i'm just trying to you know pass on the from our perspective some some knowledge because most travel you know like travel websites are not from the perspective of van lifers so it's nice to sort of share 
and it's like logistical stuff like where can you camp where can you get water where can you get propane just like little things like that that sort of are different for the way that we travel yeah that's really handy and it sounds like you've just got such a perfect setup there just beautiful landscape and the ability to go out and get a job really easily which yeah. is just ideal yeah so and that's what's cool about this like most seasonal kind of resort type jobs uh is they're touristy for a reason because they're amazing places to visit so they're also pretty amazing places to live if you can make it work for sure and if we were going to Sedona to to check out the hiking, are there are there a particular three favorite spots at all that you'd recommend? Uh, sure. Um, West Fork Canyon is one of them. Um, it's just this. It's kind of like I mentioned. It's it Slot starts canyon. off as a big winding canyon where yeah. you cross the river a bunch of times, and it's just beautiful. Wow. And as you kind of go deeper up the canyon, the the walls just kind of get narrower and narrower until finally it's you. There is no trail next to the river, and you just have to walk right through the water if you want to continue. Um, wow. So West, West Fork Trail, amazing one. Yeah, I think one of my favorite ones was Soldiers Pass. Um, that one's actually really popular, but there's two like destinations that you kind of go to along the hike which is my favorite more destinations better <laughs> um and like yeah when you're going on the hike you can like veer off and go to a really really cool cave um and like go climb up in it and just it's like beautiful inside um and then you get back on the trail and then you kind of like keep heading up in elevation and then you'll just get like a really beautiful view of like what like the valley or <laughs> yes it's sedona's cool the rock formations there they kind of change in color as they go up because of the different um like layers of the earth so it'll be like red white sort of striations in them they almost look like those sand castles that you would build at the beach as a kid <laughs> yeah. where you just like dribble the the sand <laughs> over and it makes like a dribble castle it looks like that and then like green vegetation all over the valley floors and like usually blue skies because it's arizona so it's just like the combination of all those colors it's it's like unbelievable place um and one more favorite hike canyon? yeah <laughs> fake canyon is another one um, fake canyon uh no it's... f-a-y oh, okay right yeah okay cool <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Fay Canyon. Um, it was it was like one of the less popular hikes, so you kind of got a little bit more solitude away from all the tourists. Um, but yeah, once you kind of like get to the end of the trail, it'll actually have a sign end of trail um, or end of maintained trail. But if you keep like hiking back in there, you can like go up deep into like the canyon, and it just kind of has like subway like walls where like water carved out like a C shape in like the rock kind of like a big giant natural <laughs> dome that you can stand under um and i don't know that's it's it's always the same sort of what we're chasing and it's just like places on the on the earth that just make us feel like inspired where you just like you feel small but you also feel just like so uh like just impressed with the world you know <laughs> it's like i think we really like that for our, our mindset and we think we always find that going on a hike like clears our head and it just sort of is a good um good break up from working and you know it always like seems to fix our mood no matter what's happening 
for sure. That sounds awesome. So is there anything else we need to know about Sedona at all before talking about what's next? Um, if well, you... if, yeah, if you want to go to restaurants, it's it's kind of a tourist trap. Like everything is kind of expensive for food. <laughs> <laughs> good, good restaurants. But yeah, that 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 can that kind of comes with the, the resort towns that usually happens. Uh, we liked being there in the winter, honestly, because we thought the weather was like perfect for hiking, like not too hot. Um, but if you go in the fall or the spring, it tends to get extremely crowded. So yeah, that's one thing we, it's, it's great weather, but that's also, it can get a little jammed up with traffic if you're there during the peak times. Yeah. To go back to the restaurants, there's, there's that well-known tip if you're abroad where if you just go into a couple of back streets, then you start finding the lesser visited restaurants, the, the more localized ones, the prices dip and the portions increase. Is that mm-hmm. the similar thing we're looking at here or is everything just a tourist trap? Uh, There's probably some hidden gems, <laughs> but for the most part, I feel we're like talking. <laughs> most of the restaurants are. Yeah, like... you can find the local spots. We always like to you know try to find the places we'll like go on google maps and you can search for restaurants and set the filters so what's next anyway um so from here we're gonna head north um which would be like northern california um and oregon state and washington state and um those are both areas that we've always wanted to travel to but we never really had the the time or money to pull it off so we're super excited that van life is making that a possibility for us um and it's always it's a little tricky but always fun when we're planning because we just you know we just go online and we we look up like hikes in the area and try to find stuff that that looks cool to us and sort of write it all down and that's sort of our dream travel itinerary but then you know when you get into it you're like well looks like i scheduled like five 10 mile hikes back to back and you're like that's kind of aggressive so we we try to do as many things as we can but we usually you you know we end up somewhere um somewhere in between but it's always fun and you know you have the the low moments of of when you're when you're hammocking and you're not like doing crazy hiking adventures are always fun too um yeah we have plans to pretty much go all around both oregon and washington and just do yeah like a bunch of hiking as much as we can um before like coronavirus really like kind of shut down the border we had plans of maybe like going up to canada and like going to british columbia and doing some of those like national parks um but yeah that's kind of still like an open-ended question if we'll get up there or not (laughs) well i suppose you've got time haven't you it's uh there's plenty to do in the u.s and by that point, the borders may have reopened and you can get up to Banff or something. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Yeah, the, the lifestyle is, it's all about flexibility. So, you know, we can, we'll head up there and, you know, we kind of like make it up as we go along and, and we sort of like it that way. So um, that'll be cool. Hopefully we do get up to Canada because there's, there's beautiful stuff there. And if not, there's amazingly beautiful stuff uh, in the Pacific Northwest of the U.S. as well. Yeah. But then... Yeah. Yeah, we're hoping maybe we would like come back down through Montana and Wyoming. So we'd really like knock out like a bunch of different like states and diversity of like cool hikes you, and stuff to go on. Got Yellowstone in Wyoming, haven't you? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Hey, I'm learning. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Yellowstone is a really popular national park. And uh, we haven't been there yet, so yeah, that's definitely high on our list of national parks we have yet to visit. Yeah. Yeah, it's for sure. What van life is all about. We were like, there's just too many things on our bucket list and not enough time, so we were like, we need to make a big change so we can accomplish all the things that we really want to do. But yeah, we're going to continue to work on our blog and try to like build that up as we're on like a long road trip. Um, But we're pretty much thinking that we'll get jobs aligned for like the winter and save up, you know, as much money as we can so that we can do our next like summer trip and have that funded because summer is the best time to travel because everywhere is like warm. You know, because Oregon and Washington, it's hard to do all those, like, amazing hikes up there because snow pretty much covers all of them for <laughs> majority of, like, the winter months. So, yeah, we pretty much like to travel in summer as much as we can so that we can get to, like, those really, really cool destinations. Yeah, for sure. And if, if you've got the spare cash, I really recommend looking at a book called Roaming America uh, by uh, someone on Instagram called Rene Roaming. And uh, yeah. she... Uh, she did seven months in a van with her husband photographing all of the national parks. Um, and there's a couple of bits in the book where they talk about great itineraries. I thought of it when you said you're going out to Washington, uh, there's a really good itinerary she has in there. Um, uh, and given the fact that she did van life the whole time, I thought that might be quite useful of like a, a route to take. So, uh, although yeah. with the power of the internet, you can, you can get all the information, create your own anyway, but <laughs> Yeah, but it's nice. I mean, similar to what we do, we like to learn from other people who are, you know, like-minded and have tried to do it the same way. And it's pretty time-consuming, like, yeah, figuring out where you're going to camp and, like, what route you're going to take. So if somebody already has that lined up, but even better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. So before we get into get to some wrap-up questions then, is there anything else we need to know about Two Roaming Souls van life? I think we've pretty much covered everything. <laughs> Um, yeah, check out the blog if, if you're interested in anything that we've been talking about. We 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 try yeah, to sure. let's go into that now because because I thought uh, right right at the end uh, I was going to try and build a natural segue, but but here we are with one. So yeah, pl- plug away. It's a blog I, I really recommend listeners check out. Actually, go uh, go ahead. Yeah, so it's two roaming souls. T W O R O A M I N G S O U L S. Two roaming souls dot com. And it's just the two of us. We, you know, try to take beautiful photographs and we write about, you know, the good, bad and the ugly of van life and, you know, try to spread the wealth and share knowledge and learn from other people, let other people learn from us. Yeah. And we have like some road trip itineraries up there as well for the places that we've traveled to and like places that we've just loved that we know other people would enjoy. Um, Yeah. And kind of talk about like camping gear and backpacking gear and stuff that people would find useful that are in the same or looking for like the same sort of um, adventure as us <laughs> yeah or if you're into social media we're pretty much on on every platform instagram facebook youtube twitter so you can find us on there all by the same name two roaming souls perfect perfect and that that link will be in the show notes too so uh for the listeners you can go into the description and give it a nice click and give it a, a check out and if you do go there from here then let them know that, uh, that you heard them on the podcast so perfect so going into the first wrap-up question then um going into van life 
loving the camping, loving the outdoors, taking that time off work anyway, but then officially moving into our van, what's one thing that surprised you the most? I would say how warm a van is compared to a tent. <laughs> we okay. we're just totally happy without a heater in the van, even if it's like, you know, if it's getting down around freezing. Uh, it just tends to stay pretty warm in the van. We don't, we mean we have a down comforter, but it's it's nothing crazy. And so that's been one thing that's like we're just we sleep a lot more comfortably in in colder scenarios in the van. So that's been nice. Yeah, and I kind of thought it was going to feel a lot smaller <laughs> in the van, but we actually hang out in the van a lot, especially like during the winter, like colder months. And it actually feels like pretty cozy. And like we, we kind of made sure that we had like a bench we could sit on. Um, but then like also the bed if we wanted to like change it up a little bit. But yeah, it feels actually like somewhat spacious in here, which is really nice when you live in a 50 square foot box. <laughs> yeah, it helps us keep our sanity. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And again, like I said, for, for those who haven't seen, go to Instagram, go to the blog and check out their van. I've seen it on Skype and it really does look really, really cool, really, really relaxing. So, yeah, I, I, not that it means much, but I second everything you're saying. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so given that we've just bigged up the van so much, there might not be an answer to this one. But if you could change one thing about the van right now, what would that be? Honestly, we pretty much really like it. I mean, I'd say the one thing that we, we probably can't really change is just we we have our bed set up widthwise, um, so we kind of sleep perpendicular to the way the van goes, and we're just short enough that we fit, but it's it's a little tight. So that's like occasionally it, it bothers us, but there's nothing you can you can actually get like a window flange, so you replace your window with a you know like a metal or fiberglass piece that that shoots out and it actually gains you like a few more inches um, wow. it's a very niche product <laughs> um, but you know once you know what they are you start to like see them around um, but it's something it's like eh, I don't know if that's like worth the investment but it's funny when when you I don't know people may find this but when you start doing van life, you already start talking about your next van before you even finish your first one. You're like, oh, the next van will do this, which is funny. It, it, all, it always just starts with one van build, but then you're already like talking about the next one. Yeah. So I don't, this van is perfect for, for how it is. We think it's like, you know, the amount of money we put into it, it's super comfortable and it, it lives like a, a tiny little high-tech apartment on wheels. Yeah, I guess if, like, price wasn't an issue, we'd have, like, a lot more luxury, like, hot water and, you know, like, stuff like that. But within our means, I feel like we pretty much accomplished what we wanted to get and make it feel homey and, you know. Yeah. yeah. Another freezer for ice cream, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But hot water's, hot water's a good one. Sometimes I forget that that would be a nice luxury. But, you know, you, you learn to live with what you have. Yeah. That's, that's how van life goes. It's it's all in the name of the freedom to move around and, and travel. Yeah. Perfect. And then last question is, of all the moments you've had of building up to it, building the van, Sedona, what's one moment that you'd like to relive? Hmm. <laughs> well, I got, I got one. We were, um, the first time we went through San Francisco, California, um, we're not huge city, um, you know, dwellers. Um, so we like to like visit the cities, 
but it's sort of hard to drive the van around so we kind of we stay on like the fringes and we don't usually like go into downtown too much but san francisco is great for that because the bay area is like so beautiful and there's like good um hiking and stuff so just across the golden gate bridge we were over there just hanging out taking in the sights doing some photography and i noticed this little beach down um down uh sort of on the water and uh i was like oh i wonder if you can get down there so i i went on like google maps and i saw that it was like a campground and so we we parked the van and we like walked down there for sunset and we were watching um sunset with like the golden gate bridge and like beautiful like purple sunset we brought like a bottle of wine down there (laughs) and some some cheese and crackers and we just had you know the most perfect picnic you could ever ask for and it was one of those things where we didn't like plan it ahead ahead of time i just kind of saw this beach down there and i was like we should try to get there and that would be really cool uh what was it called kirby kirby cove kirby cove if you're ever in san francisco you could camp there it's like a beautiful place to camp Otherwise, I think you do have to like walk down the road to get there, which is what we did. Um, but highly recommend it because it's like, you know, you're kind of seeing the city from far away and it's just the most beautiful setting ever. Perfect. That sounds wonderful. And yeah. Emily, do you, do you, is that the same for you? <laughs> uh, I, I really liked Lake Tahoe. Oh, yeah. Um, we kind of just passed through we like went to one of like the beaches there but i kind of wish we like hung out and like went all the way around and like checked out all the different like coves but we've learned that lake tahoe is a little not as friendly to van life because of like their bears there (laughs) we literally had a bear climb on top of our van (laughs) while we were cooking (laughs) um in lake tahoe yeah and we've just heard like stories of like people camping and like bears are just like ruthless around there they'll like come after your food they're, they're <laughs> aggressive you, and no, no, they're not like trying to eat people or anything yeah. they're just looking to score a free meal and they know that the humans around there have the, the good food but, but yeah that was like probably our scariest moment of van life so far is that a black bear climbed right on the roof of our van we we felt it shaking <laughs> We like turned on the van and started honking the horn and he walked right down the windshield. Yeah, it's like huge paw just like sliding down the windshield. <laughs> and he was just looking right in the windshield from like a couple feet away at me. And that was definitely the most terrifying, like uh, scary experience of van life so far. So there's there's highs and lows and <laughs> Yeah, the area in general is very beautiful though. <laughs> yeah, that's, Lake Tahoe. Like amazing. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. What a way to finish. Thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. Honestly, it's been my pleasure. Um, Yeah, hopefully hopefully we'll see you in another one after your next journey. Yeah, perfect. And then hopefully we travel to the UK at some point. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. We'll we'll do a UK van life tour. It's it's definitely (laughs) definitely on our our dream bucket list, which only seems to keep getting bigger. Yeah. (laughs) Well, let me know when you pop over and we'll, we'll get a pint and go for a hike and I'll, I'll push you in the right direction where to go next too. So. so I really hope you enjoyed that episode. It'll be fantastic if they can make out to the UK sometime soon. That'll be fun. But if you did enjoy it, please do hit the subscribe button and the follow button. And if you really enjoyed it, then feel free to share it with a friend so that we can spread the love and help the podcast grow even further. If you would like to come on the show, then please email me btmtravelpod at gmail.com or you can follow on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at btmtravelpod. 
But otherwise, I hope you have a brilliant day, and I will see you in the next one.